keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Monday, September the 26th, 2022. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> We've got some things to talk about today. Here's an article I, uh, I saw the headline for over the weekend. FBI SWAT raids home of Catholic pro-life activist as screaming children watch. Thank you, Breitbart, for covering this story, by the way. Yeah, you might remember on Friday, I got a text while I was on the air from my good friend, Ryan Marie Hauk, the wife of my good friend Mark Hauk, who was uh, arrested on Friday morning. Well, that story has gotten some national attention over the weekend, and I give God praise for that. And at uh, 15 past the hour, I'm going to talk to you about that story, sharing in some of the details that you might not, uh, we didn't have on Friday that we have a little bit better idea of what my friend Mark Hauk is facing, 11 years in prison, $350,000 fine, FBI SWAT team at his door. I'm going to share that with you. Uh, Brent Haynes is here to uh, to give us some legal uh, insight into what is going on there. All that coming up at 15 past the hour. But I got to tell you that you know, reading a lot of these stories, LifeSite News, phew, I could not get through that article without crying. It was just, it's rough when you're a dad and you place yourself in the shoes of uh, the FBI SWAT team at the door, guns out, and what that does to your wife and your kids. Whew. That was a rough one. Nonetheless, I will catch you up on everything I know and having talked to the family over the weekend. Uh, that's coming up at 15 past the hour. At 35 past the hour, Dr. Chris Malloy from the University of Dallas is going to be our guest. We're talking about uh, how old heresies don't die easily. Uh, some of those historic heresies are still around, and we're going to have a conversation around that at 35 past the hour. If you're around for the top of the next hour, we surely would love to have you. Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com is going to be our guest. We're going to talk about the Cardinal Zen trial in Hong Kong, plus the decaying of the West by Monsignor Charles Pope. All of that with BigPulpit.com's Tito Edwards. Join us if you can. So many stories in the news. There was a massive school shooting in Russia over the weekend. 13 people killed by a neo-Nazi armed with a modified toy, it sounds like. A gun that was not designed to be real was modified, and uh, 13 people are dead today. Conservative populist Georgia Maloney is uh, set to be Italy's first female prime minister. We're going to try to get somebody on later this week to uh, give us some insight to that. Apparently, she's not only anti-abortion, pro-traditional family, anti-Islamic ideology, uh, against Christian persecution, and anti-gender ideology. She is also a fan of Tolkien. So, praise be to God. Hey, an 84-year-old pro-life volunteer was shot on September the 20th, while going door-to-door in her community to talk about ballot measures concerning abortion in Michigan, I'm just curious whether or not the FBI will send their SWAT team to get that shooter. Or they not care about that. Anyway, good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. And, you know, it seems there's a, a, very, a very obvious skew in the direction of where they go. I'm talking about the alphabet agencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, pro-lifers, constantly the threat. Yeah. And the people who attack the churches, people yeah. who burn down the churches, who attack yeah. pregnancy centers, mm-hmm. they're off scot-free. They get no a problem. 
Yeah, they get a pass. That's true. Uh, speaking of threats, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Uh, good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It's good because the other option was being swatted by the Fed, so it's good to be here. <laughs> you got options, eh? <laughs> well, you were pepper sprayed by Antifa. That's that was fun. almost as fun. Yeah, that was great. The uh, I, Luckily, I did not get directly pepper sprayed. Someone else did, <laughs> and it went downwind and got in all of our faces. But uh, we were out there protesting a drag queen bingo night for all ages so there is a lot of kids there sold out event and we were out there praying the rosary unfortunately a bunch of these different there's like seven or eight protestant organizations mm -hmm. and some were all over the spectrum you had some guys who were had a homosexual preacher there saying we're gays are against transgenders and uh, what a bizarre, yeah, it's really strange. Like Twilight Zone, yeah, right, exactly. And then there was other Protestant groups that were like neo Nazis. There's another Protestant group that was like the Westboro Baptist types, holding up signs, "God hates gays." So we were all <laughs> the way on the left side, saying as far away from all the Protestants as we could, because it was like you never know what you're gonna get. And even the the ones that were not bad, mm. they're not doing anything. They're just like holding up signs, throw, having a tailgate, uh, eating and playing music. So we were out there peacefully, prayerfully and legally wow. protesting, uh, right. exercising our, our free speech. What a zoo. What Absolutely. a zoo. So much to cover today. Let's pray. Let's get started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Monday, September the 26th, and here are your headlines this morning. LifeSite News reports FBI raids home of Catholic pro-life speaker author with guns drawn as his terrified kids watch. Mark Hawk, pro-life author, sidewalk counselor, and father of seven, was the latest victim of a U.S. Department of Justice-sponsored SWAT raid and arrest for a supposed FACE Act violation. The warrant charged Mark with violating a Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act due to a claimed attack of a patient escort. Ryan Marie, his wife, stated this charge comes from an incident that had already been thrown out of the district court in Philadelphia but was somehow picked up by Merrick Garland's Department of Justice. And LifeSite reports also, Arizona judge allows 1864 abortion ban to go into effect. In a ruling on Thursday, Arizona Superior Court Judge Kelly Johnson ruled that Arizona's near-total abortion ban, which dates back to 1864, could take effect after the Supreme Court sent the issue of abortion back to the states in Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization. The judge's ruling overturned a state court decision in 1973 that blocked the law after Roe v. Wade took effect. Reuters reports Ukraine receives U.S. air defense system. It was the first acknowledgement that Ukraine had received the National Advanced Surface-to-Air Missile System, otherwise known as NASAMS, long sought by Kiev and whose shipment was approved by Washington late last month. And the Daily Signal reports, who gets hurt from high gas and diesel prices? There's more harm than you think. Of the 15 million registered commercial trucks in the United States, 76% are diesel-powered. The trucking industry is responsible for transporting approximately 72% of U.S. goods based on value or according to the latest data from the U.S. Census Bureau. 
10.4 trillion dollars of the 14.5 trillion dollars of the value of all goods shipped in the United States in 2017. As truckers have indicated, high diesel prices could significantly reduce their mileage or hours and in some circumstances potentially lead them to stop driving altogether. As it is, the American Trucking Associations argued that in 2021 the trucking industry was already short around 80,000 drivers. Fewer truckers or less driving could increase costs for businesses that utilize trucks for their transport of their goods. So that's something to look out for. Uh, those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Dalmatius Moner. Blessed Dalmatius was born in Aragon in 1291, and we know nothing else about his life before he entered the order. That would be the order of preachers. He was a member of the province of Aragon and gave a perfect example of strict observance of the rule and the spirit of religious detachment from things of the earth. We read about his spirit of poverty was so extreme that he never wore a habit or kappa that was not in tatters. He picked up his wardrobe from the castoffs of his brethren, and since the spirit of poverty was quite rigid in this province, the castoff clothes must have looked a sight. Dalmatius seemed to make a virtue of this since all the records we have make mention of it. As to food, he never ate fish or eggs and lived on a diet of hard bread and unseasoned vegetables, to which he added a few ashes during Lent. The beds in the house were hard enough for most people, but not for him. He slept on the bare earth when he could not get into the church to pray and take an occasional nap. His head rested on the altar step. Dalmatius is credited with several miracles, which included healing and spiritual assistance. At one time, a novice was tempted to leave the order. Dalmatius, going about it without being told, sought out the novice and solved his difficulties. At another time, a mother whose small child had a serious eye disease came looking for Dalmatius to heal her child. The friar refused because he said the affliction would save her child from serious sin and that God was waiting till some time in the future to heal him. During the last 40 years of his life, Dalmatius lived in the caver of St. Mary of Magdalene in the south of France, where he had gone on a pilgrimage of devotion. Here he was favored with numerous ecstasies and great spiritual insights. One time while he was in the cave, a group of friars from his own province were lost in the woods in a bad storm. They prayed to him to help him, and a young man came with a lantern and guided them home. Dalmatius died in his own convent in the presence of, his, of all the friars of the, and provincials who had gathered for a chapter. He was declared blessed in 1721. Blessed Dalmatius Moner, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 9, verses 46 through 50. An argument arose among the disciples about which of them was the greatest. Jesus realized the intention of their hearts and took a child and placed it by his side and said to them, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. For the one who is least among all of you is the one who is greatest. Then John said in reply, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. And we tried to prevent him because he does not follow in our company. Jesus said to him, Do not prevent him, for whoever is not against you is for you. The Gospel of the Lord. Amen.
Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Cyril of Alexandria would say, quote, The devil lays plots of various kinds for them that love the best way of life. And if indeed by carnal allurements he can gain possession of a man's heart, he sharpens his love of pleasure. But if a man has escaped these snares, he excites in him a desire of glory. And this passion for vainglory has seized some of his apostles. Close quote. St. Cyril of Alexandria. Pray for us. <laughs> Isn't that so true? The devil looks for every opportunity, even under the guise of something that is good. When you love the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you get zealous. And with that zeal, that fervency, you want more. You want, you want to give more. You want to do more. You want to be at the front line. You want to be the leading edge. But that is a very dangerous place to be if you are not really careful and disciplined especially when it comes to your disordered passions, especially when it comes to your pride, your arrogance, for instance. I'm speaking of myself here, thinking about the confession that I made just yesterday. The Venerable Bede said, quote, Therefore, in heretics and false Catholics, it becomes us to abhor and forbid not the common sacraments in which they are with us and not against us, but the divisions contrary to peace and truth, wherein they are against us as following not the Lord. Close quote, the Venerable Bede. St. Ambrose would say, For he who receives the followers of Christ receives Christ. And he who receives the image of God receives God. But because we cannot see the image of God, it has been made present to us by the incarnation of the Word, that the divine nature which is above us may be reconciled to us. Close quote. I like that line, that first line there from Ambrose. For he who receives the follower of Christ the followers of Christ receives Christ. I think it's specifically because he is speaking to his apostles and their bishops that succeeded them, right? I mean, the primary audience here is not us. It's not you. It ain't me. We're flies on the wall who get to overhear this conversation. It is the apostles themselves that are the primary audience here in this particular passage. So let's think of them. St. Ambrose would go on to say, the weak must not be driven away, but assisted let the breast of the religious man be ever unmoved by passion and the mind of the generous undisturbed by the desires of revenge. St. Ambrose, pray for us. Don't go anywhere on the other side of this break. I'm going to tell you about the impact of the FBI showing up to the Hauk residents, scaring their kids. All that and more is coming up next. Been told that so long as sexual activity is performed between consenting adults, there's nothing morally wrong with what's done. Is this a reasonable way of morally evaluating sexual behavior? I don't think so, and here's why. First, such reasoning justifies disturbing acts like that of Ormond Mivis, who butchered and ate a willing victim that responded to an advertisement placed on the internet. I don't think we want to say consensual cannibalism is okay. Second, the assertion arbitrarily picks consent as the only aspect of nature's design for sex as having any moral significance. If we must reverence nature's design for consensual sex, then why is it okay to not reverence nature's design for procreation? If it's okay to reject one, well, then it's okay to reject the other. So rather than reverencing consensual sex, this argument undermines it. 
I'm Carlo Brusord with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Hi, this is Sitchaditi Byrne. Come participate in the next National Men's March to Abolish Abortion and Rally for Personhood on Saturday, October 15th in Boston. Men, gather outside of the Planned Parenthood on Commonwealth at 11.30 a.m. for the march. Everyone else, show up at the 2 p.m. rally outside of the State House, where I'll be speaking about the urgent need to be actively pro-life and pro-eternal life. For more information, go to themensmarch.com and please spread the word. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Dr. Christopher Malloy is going to be our guest. He's a professor at UD. We're going to be talking about ancient heresies that are still around, still plaguing the church, still plaguing the world. So join us if you can to 35 past. There are lots of stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you as well. The FBI SWAT team raids home of Catholic pro-life activist as screaming children watch. Uh, a headline that uh, is seared into my brain at this moment. And Adrian, I'm sharing my desktop right now. I don't know if you caught this, but over the weekend, uh, there was uh, a lot of very interesting stories in the Philadelphia area. To include another mass mob raid on a store where literally... Hundreds of people participated in ransacking a grocery store. One woman, in fact, stood at the counter while the employees, the manager, was filming the whole thing and said, why don't you stop filming and start making food? I mean, let that sink in for a second. Um, here's uh, here's uh, 6abc.com's website from Philadelphia. Uh, worker killed outside Mill Creek wreck. Center to be laid to rest. Hmm, that's interesting. Here's another article. Man shot in rear driveway, northeast Philadelphia home. Two teens wounded in Hunting Park shooting. Video captures juvenile ransacking Wawa in Mayfair. Okay, very interesting. Uh, here's one. Man arrested uh, for the septa sex assaults. Okay, I guess that's good that he got finally arrested. Two killed, one injured in overnight shootings across Philadelphia. Surveillance video released and killing of Temple graduate near Drexel. Um, I mean, goes on and on and on and on. Philadelphia are doing so well these days. In fact, when I looked up the stats comparing you to Chicago, you're actually worse. So there's that. But nonetheless, in all of the crime spree across uh, Philadelphia these days, to include drugs because they got that zombie land fentanyl thing going on down there, the FBI SWAT team found it within their time schedule, because, you know, I'm sure they're busy guys, to show up to my friend's house on Friday morning at 7 o'clock in the morning with the SWAT team. Some say 15, some say as much as 25. FBI agents, well-educated, college-trained, intelligent, smart individuals who showed up to the hardened criminal of Mark Houck and his residence, banging on their door. Demanding to be let in. Mark, from the other side of the door, begged them to go easy because his children were inside. And they demanded and banged and banged and banged. Unless they break it down, he let them in. And in front of his kids, with their guns pointing at everyone in the home, they arrested him. What was his crime? Well, it appears 
that a year ago, Mark and his 12-year-old son were a prank, as Mark is wont every single Wednesday to drive into Philadelphia from his suburban neighborhood and to pray six to eight hours per day for the uh, for those lives that will be lost in the abortion mill, to pray for the moms, to pray for the dads, to try to counsel them. To He's even engaged with a doctor. We've had him on this show talking about those activities now for the past year plus two years. Mark is the real deal. He walks the walk. He talks the talk. He is never in lacking in charity. But there was one, one man, uh, an abortion escort volunteer, who began to harass Mark. And you know what? This is pretty typical of abortion escorts. They can get pretty vile. I've seen it myself. They can get pretty vile. Well, this one decided he would harass Mark and his son, and he would chase him, chase him down. And as a result, a shove occurred. And that shove was a year ago. And because of that shove, the FBI showed up at my friend's door. And yet criminals shooting each other, drugs off off of the records here in Philadelphia, do they raid any of their homes? No, absolutely not. Mark shoves somebody and he gets the FBI raid. Joining us to talk about this in greater detail from a legal perspective, as much as possible, based on the limited information we have, is Attorney Bernie Haynes. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Joe. I can't read the article because I'll cry. It's so to listen, to read, especially. And I, let me just say this real quick before we jump in again. Can I just thank all the outlets who spread the word about this over the weekend? Uh, Catholic Vote, praise be to God. Got all over it very early on, trying to uh, uh, compose an article Friday night. Uh, so did uh, Catholic News Agency, LifeSite News. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, Human Events also. Jack Posobiec spread the word. Life News finally got on board on Sunday. Praise be to God. Uh, National Review got after it. Breitbart, thank you very much, Breitbart, for putting out an article on this. Uh, Epic Times has put out an article on this. The Daily Wire and uh, and many others. Town Hall has. I mean, it's it's spreading. I got I got contacted by at least two Fox News producers. I got contacted by One American News. I, I mean, a, several people were like, "Please put us in touch," and I did. I put you in touch with the family directly, and I hope and pray that they leverage every opportunity to spread the word about this story. But uh, I just want to say thank you to those outlets. Uh, okay, good morning to you, Brent. I don't know, you read a lot of these articles. I was struggling to read these articles because listening to Ryan Marie, his wife, explain what it was like to see the FBI come through the door with guns at their children was pretty heartbreaking to me. Well, there are... Uh say three things we could talk about this morning. One is, you know, what is the law he's accused of violating? Uh, second, and I think the, the most important issue is the decision to prosecute, mm. which is you know, highly questionable in this case. Um, and then third, you know, the point of view of the officers and the way they go about serving search warrants. You know, when officers serve search warrants, uh, they're concerned for their own safety. And it doesn't matter whether they're going after a pro-life person or going after a hardened criminal. You know, they take certain things into account. They have operating procedures they follow. But let's start at the beginning. The FACE Act, which stands for Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act, was passed in 1994 and signed by uh, President Bill Clinton. Um, a lot of uh, 
the, shall we say, more experienced or mature pro-life activist will remember the days of rescues. And in fact, there were rescues earlier this year or last year, and some of those people were were arrested. Um, the rescuers would go into abortion facilities, and they would basically conduct a sit-in, often by, and in order to be able to continue to conduct a sit-in when officers came in to remove them, they would chain themselves to furniture. They would bring in heavy objects and chain themselves to heavy objects. And the point was to disrupt the operations of the facilities, give them time perhaps to speak to women who were present, but basically to disrupt the operations. It was a form of civil disobedience. Now, uh, Congress passed the FACE Act, which makes a first offense for doing that if nobody is injured, punishable by up to a year in prison. A An offense, uh, a violation of the FACE Act that results in injury is punishable by up to 10 years in prison. And after the passage of that act, uh, the number of rescues, as they are called, old-fashioned, go in and occupy, civil disobedience-type rescues, uh, largely declined in the United States. But that is the law that was passed, and that's what uh, that's what uh, Mr. Halk is accused of, of mm-hmm. violating. To try to make the law at least appear on its surface somewhat... Um, Fair. Uh, Congress added a second part to it, which has to do with religious freedom mm-hmm. and to try to provide the same protections to people, say, who are going to church so that uh, church activities aren't disrupted. Um, the history of the enforcement of the law, though, uh, bears some examination. Um, toward the end of the Obama administration in 2016, Senators uh, Lee from Utah and Senator Cruz from Texas wrote a letter to President Obama's Attorney General Loretta Lynch, who succeeded Eric Holder, and they asked why there were so many prosecutions related to abortion facilities, including several uh, several cases where judges had thrown these prosecutions out because they were baseless. And in one of them, the judge wrote an opinion saying he didn't understand why the uh, the U.S. Department of Justice even brought the prosecution. They asked why all the senators, Lee and, T- and Ted Cruz, asked why these prosecutions were being brought and then asked where are all of the prosecutions defending churches. So we already have a history, yeah. Joe, of what looks like unequal enforcement under the act. That's one issue. Yeah, we're going to run out of time super fast here. Let me just put this on the table. So in the case, uh, uh, the claim is, on Mark's side, is this volunteer uh, came across the street and began to harass him and his son. He and and this had been a repeated behavior over time. But on that particular day, he and his son move, try to move away, and he follows, pursues, and puts himself right in his little son's face. And again, ex, uh, spouts off with uh, vulgarities. Mark gets uh, pushes him off as a result. Uh, apparently, there was some sort of civil case locally. There was five court appearances. The uh, the supposed victim never shows, and they finally throw it out after five after five uh, uh, court dates. And now, so that case is gone. It doesn't seem like the local authorities pursued this on a criminal level, but now the Fed is picking this up. And, uh, of course, on Mark's side, they say they have video of the whole exchange. So uh, with that, with just a couple of minutes left on the clock, uh, what what would be your analysis of this? Do you think that the Feds actually have a case, or do you think that this is all just propaganda for the headlines well it depends on the facts and we don't know all the facts at this point but you hit the nail on the head when you talked about a lack of local prosecution even going by the terms of the indictment a shoving incident uh, 
with the feds getting involved for what is a shoving incident, which they claim caused bodily injury, but they don't claim it caused serious bodily injury. We don't have any evidence of that. It seems highly unlikely. Yeah. It just seems grossly disproportionate to prosecute somebody for an offense where they could get up to 10 years in prison when the local authorities did not do so. What I would want to know is, Mm -hmm. did the so-called victim call the police that day? If he didn't call the police that day, did he go to the police station and make a report? Mm -hmm. Did the police investigate? If the police investigated, did they file charges? If they did not file charges, why didn't they file charges? If they filed charges, did the local prosecutor decide to prosecute? If the local prosecutor did not decide to prosecute, why didn't they? And in that situation, why is it that the feds come in very heavy-handed a year later for what is really, at worst, a minor assault? Now, I'm not endorsing shoving people to the ground, especially elderly people, even if they get rude. Mm -hmm. But there's a huge disparity between the heavy-handedness of the federal government coming in and prosecuting on a a crime that would allow possibly up to 10 years in prison. He's not going to get 10 years in prison, even if he's convicted, I don't think. But why didn't the local authorities investigate? Why didn't they bring a prosecution? Exactly. let me, let me just say this real quick. So this is a quote out of the LifeSite article. It says, after they had taken Mark, this is his wife speaking here, quote, after they had taken Mark and the kids were all screaming that he was their best friend, the FBI agents on her porch kind of softened a bit. I think they realized what was happening, or maybe they actually looked at the warrant. They looked pretty ashamed at what they had just at what had just happened. Close quote. And again, that was out of the LifeSite article, uh, which uh, seconds on the clock. This is what gets me though. FBI has procedures. I get that. So do all law enforcement. I support law enforcement. But not one person on that team said, hey, before we go to the door, who are we after? What's his background? What's his record? What's the crime? What's the accusation? Can I see the warrant? Oh, wait. Hey, boss, how about you just walk up to the door and ask politely, because I bet he'll just come out. Like, well-trained, well-educated men who decided to go bull, just headlong, got the bull in a china shop. We'll be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church is just a bunch of rules and regulations and do's and don'ts and it's against freedom? G.K. Chesterton says, Catholic doctrine and discipline may be walls, but they are the walls of a playground. Freedom exists only within the rules. The greatest act of freedom is obedience, not disobedience. Breaking the rules never makes us happy and certainly does not make us free. God's rules are for our good, not to restrict us, but to protect us. That is how the truth makes us free. Chesterton says that while the church has established rule and order, the chief aim of that order is to give room for good things to run wild. You want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Hi, this is Carrie Beatley. Come participate in the next National Men's March to Abolish Abortion and Rally for Personhood on Saturday, October 15th in Boston. Men, gather outside of the Planned Parenthood on Commonwealth at 1130 for the march. And everyone else, show up at the 2 p.m. rally outside of the State House, where I'll be speaking about how America's abortion king pushed the lie of abortion on the American people. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now more headlines. 
The Epic Times reports Russia vows full protection for any annexed territory as nuclear threat grows. Russian Foreign Ministry Minister rather Sergei Lavrov says that regions of Ukraine where referendums are being held will be under the Kremlin's full protection if they are annexed by Russia, raising the prospect of the use of nuclear weapons. Saying, quote, following these referendums, Russia, of course, will respect the expression of the will of those people who for so many long years have been suffering from the abuses of the neo-Nazi regime. Unquote. Lavrov told reporters on September 24th after addressing the United States General Assembly, he was referring to the Kiev government. Reuters reports U.S. and U.K. and Australia <laughs> leaders say progress has been made in Australia getting <laughs> nuclear-powered sub. The leaders of the United States, the United Kingdom, and Australia said in a statement on Friday marking one, the one-year anniversary of the AUKUS security pact that uh, they have made significant progress towards Australia acquiring a nuclear-powered submarine. AUKUS has, uh, is an effort by the Western allies to push back against China's growing power and influence, particularly in the military buildup pressure on uh, Taiwan and deployments in the contested South China Sea. NBC Connecticut reports Bargain Hunter finds 700-year-old medieval manuscript at Maine estate sale. You know me, I love a treasure story. A bargain hunter who went on a, on a, to an estate sale in Maine looking for a KitchenAid mixer, a bookshelf, or a vintage clothing uh, walked away with 700, a 700-year-old treasure. rather. Instead of a kitchen appliance, Will Sideri stumbled upon a framed document hanging on a wall. It had elaborate scripts in Latin along with musical notes and gold flourishes. A sticker said 1285 AD. Based on what he'd seen in manuscripts class at uh, Colby College, the document looked downright medieval. And it was a bargain at $75. Academics confirmed the parchment was from the Bouvet's Missile. Excuse me, I never took French used in the Beauvais Cathedral in France and dated to the 13th century. It was about 700 years, it was used about 700 years ago in the mass. An expert on manuscripts said the document first reported by Maine Monitor could be worth as much as $10,000. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God. Thank you, uh, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. By the way, we're going to continue our conversation about uh, Mark Houck and his family. He is home. He was released on his own recognizance on Friday. He is doing well. Their kids were pretty traumatized over that. Uh, but we will, I will continue that conversation in the after show, which is the second half of the second hour of Catholic Drive Time. And you can always hang out with us and listen live on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Uh, praise be to God. I hope you join us. Joining us right now via telephone is our friend, Dr. Christopher Malloy. He is a professor at University of Dallas. Good morning to you, Dr. Malloy. Good morning. Good to be here. Praise be to God. We're glad for your, your time today. Uh, we had had you on in the past about your book, False Mercy, Recent Heresies, Distorting Catholic Truth, which is published by Sophia Institute. You can find them online at sophiainstitute.com. But we thought it'd be interesting to kind of revisit this conversation and talk about some of those ancient heresies that we thought we solved, but kind of are still around. Maybe you can start with giving us a list. <laughs> well... A lot of people are calling the uh, the new ones modernism, but uh, what do you? I, I mean, there's a certain recurrence of Lutheranism, and uh, there's also a Gnosticism, mm. uh, Gnosticism of the body. Really, what's going on with the transgender uh, movement and the deni- you know the denial of the true essence of marriage? That's really a, a very much a Gnostic thing. There's, you know, I don't think we even 
really pay much attention, but there are many people who are kind of denying the divinity of Christ. Uh, but that's not making the headlines these days, even in the you know even in the traditional Catholic uh, world. But uh, the evolution of dogma or the non-existence of church authority, you know, saying you know, essentially, well, church teaching, well, that, you know, it doesn't really matter um, that uh, it was dogma a hundred years ago or two hundred or five hundred mm. or ten, you know, uh, two thousand, close to two thousand. Uh, we can uh, we can change it if we if we want to attune the message of Christ to the needs of the day. In fact, Irenaeus in the uh, Against Heresies um, talks about the Gnostics who said essentially, well, Jesus adjusted um, his message to the hearers. And, uh, and uh, you know, not in a good sense, but in the sense of he uh, included false, uh, false words, false messages, and so did his followers. And Irenaeus' response, that is not the act of a physician, but of a poisoner. Mm-hmm. Dr. Malloy, uh, you mentioned um, modernism just a moment ago, and uh, Pope Pius, St. Pope Pius X mentioned, um, said, uh, said this on uh, modernism. He said it's a synthesis of all heresies. Um, is there a, a difference between uh, you know, uh, modernism today and, and heresies that uh, were in the past? Yeah, well, I'd say also there's a difference between the modernism that he dealt with and that we're dealing with. But the and one one of the big things um, this is interesting. So the modernism he dealt with were were secretive people in the church. So they're Catholics and they're operating secretively Mm. uh, and undermining the faith from within. In the past, most heretics kind of announced themselves as um, such severe critics of the church that very quickly they were excommunicated or. identified as enemies, you know, very quickly. So, and then he said the danger of modernism, this is the late 19th, early 20th century, was that these were actually people with decent moral lives and uh, were secretive. Mm -hmm. What we have now, it's very interesting, is we have Catholics that are openly against certain teachings of the faith, and so they're not secretive but they're remaining Catholic. That's kind of interesting. And they're not, you know, many of them are not being condemned or corrected. Uh, and, the, and oftentimes the truth is not even battling back. So if you have, you know, a uh, rock star priest who's celebrating, um, you know, uh, unnatural uh, sexual activities, mm-hmm. he's, not corre- he's not corrected, but by very few uh, prelates is he corrected. And so then the um, Catholic world is confused. I, this, to me, this is the biggest thing. People are very confused. They think, wait a minute, do I have to um, accept what this you know, rock star priest is saying or this errant bishop is saying, etc.? This is why we're, I think, uh, really in a unique situation Absolutely, Dr. Malloy. I think that's that's very true. I think that's more than more than ever why we need to be deep in the, in tradition. But uh, one thing that I was thinking of while you're saying about these these different heresies, old heresies popping up, is the Albigensian heresy or the Cathars, and they existed prior to the Albigensian heresy, of course. Just like you mentioned, all these new things are old, all things. Um, but the the Albigensian heresy specifically. 
I find it very interesting because their relationship between the body and the soul and the denial of the body. It was also interesting in, to compare that to the transgender movement, the gender ideology movement, the racial in, in a movement, all these things trying to remove ourselves, trying to say we're just our souls, but then at the same time saying we're just our bodies. And they're kind of yeah. inconsistent. Whereas at least the old heresies, they may be wrong, but they were often mostly consistent and even like you mentioned a second ago they lived very um upright lives a lot of the albigensians are the were horrible people who killed others but a lot of them were so austere and that's what attracted a lot of the lay faithful to follow them uh, could you talk about a little bit of that relationship yeah well you know what's interesting uh, so you know you, we want to know like where did these heresies come from they may well have been uh, imported um, from the East uh, because of the Crusades. So, this, you know, some of the soldiers coming back and they find this, oh, so-and-so is living a, um, you know, living a, a, a way that is uh, high and exalted and noble and we want to follow it. Uh, that can be tempting, especially if, you know, prelates, your average, you know, monk at the Abbey is uh, really lax uh, and is not that inspiring. I think people could relate to that today. Who's, you know, many, many priests, many uh, prelates, theologians, Catholic leaders uh, in this or that program, parish program, are, you know, not super inspiring. And so if people are searching, they might look at something very serious, um, such as this uh, transgender movement or, or um, probably more wokefulness in general, you know, concern for the poor. Uh, that turns into kind of revolutionary um, communist riots, uh, you know, that are fomenting now and again uh, a little bit here in America, especially two years ago. But let's talk body and soul. The Gnostics also themselves were confused, and that is probably the ancient root of the Albigensian. You know, there are many, many, you know, we don't know what happened in the intervening years before the Crusades, um, but it's a very Gnostic-type movement. So, what one interesting thing about them is they both um, they severed the connection of my deeds done in the body, as St. Paul says, from my eternal fate. And they reacted to that separation in two ways. Some of them said the body has nothing to do with heaven. Stop living according to the body. So you might say, uh, as you said, a severe, um, you know, uh, a severe asceticism. The others said, well, it doesn't matter if I utilize the body for my earthly pleasure um, because it doesn't have anything to do with me. It's just kind of an extrinsic instrument of my soul. So, um, and I, John Paul II, with his theology of the body, he anticipated that going on today. He said, we're, we're using our bodies as instruments of pleasure instead of signs, uh, of, you know, that they're part of ourselves. Mm. Signs of the love of God. Hold that thought. Uh, signs of the love of God. You amen to that. Uh, the book is called False Mercy, Recent Heresies, Distorting Catholic Truth. Again, found at sophieinstitute.com. We'll more after this break. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. 
Men, it's time. Participate in the next National Men's March to Abolish Abortion and Rally for Personhood on Saturday, October 15th, 11.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. in Boston. There is a man connected to every abortion. Men are a big part of the problem, and it's time for all men to take responsibility and be a big part of the solution. All men of goodwill are invited to participate in the march, and everyone else is needed to show up for the rally beginning at 2 p.m. outside of the State House. For more information, go to themensmarch.com and spread the word. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. What is the life expectancy of any human organization to exist under one rule of law? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the deceit of dominance. Kingdoms, empires, and societies all come and all go. Why? Moral decay, a blind eye, and defiance to the order of a civil society. Secondly, history. Kingdoms such as the Persians, the Greeks, the Ottomans, even the Roman Empire made it for around a thousand years, but soon they all find themselves failing, imploding, and finally splitting. Ah, but there's one that has survived, the Catholic Church, and under one rule of law. And thirdly, my take, a promise. Jesus said the Holy Spirit would infuse the apostles with a divine glue that would hold his church together. It is a human impossibility that the Catholic Church would persist through time, terror, and trouble. Well, the Rolling Stones have lasted 60 years, the Atlanta Braves about 150, the teetering Southern Baptists about 180, but we're still here 2,000 years later, and the best is yet to come. Find me online at Smarty Pants Catholic Evangelism. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Hey, Tito Edwards is going to be our guest from BigPulpit.com at the top of the next hour. Join us if you can. You can always hang out with us uh, on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Dr. Christopher Malloy is our guest. His book is called False Mercy, sophiainstitute.com. Talking about heresies. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Malloy. Uh, you know, um, we're talking about these old. Yeah, gonna, go ahead. You can finish your me, thought. Me, go ahead. Yeah, let me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Joe. Uh, <laughs> let me add one thing about the, you know, the Albigensians in particular, <clears throat> denial of the sacraments. If the body isn't, you know, part of the divine life, then the sacraments have no role or no efficacy. Mm-hmm. So they uh, forbade marriage, and they did not practice the Catholic sacraments. Well, we have the California version of that today with, you know, I'm spiritual, right? I'm Buddhist Catholic, you know, I'm this or that. So, but that's not, um, that's not the way to be healed by the word made flesh. Mm -hmm. Amen. You know, it was interesting because I have a great love for the Dominican friars and I've been reading, I was reading the 19, the uh, restoration of the Dominican order in the 19th century. And they're talking about how the Dominicans became lax in the 19th century, and this was causing great problems with their ability to convert sinners. And it's interesting because at their founding, they were very austere, um, more so than even the Albigensians were, and they affirmed the sacraments. But even then, they were still failing to succeed in their conversion, and it was by the rosary given by Our Lady, uh, which meditated upon the life of Christ, that banish this heresy. So uh, do you think that the, this kind of result of meditation on the life of Christ, uh, specifically through the rosary, would be a useful tool of evangelization and preaching in today's world? Oh my gosh, absolutely. In fact, uh, just yesterday I heard a great homily saying, when we are as individuals frustrated, we're not making it past this or that sin, this or that fault. Uh, we don't have hope that we're you know, going to, things can improve for us. He said it's a sign that we need humility and trust in God. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's obvious when we look at the situation today, we need humility and trust in God. Let, let me talk about the consecration, uh, too, and the whole Fatima promise for a second. A lot of us have been, I mean, maybe some of the good listeners have, are, are above this, but a lot of us have been piling on and saying, when is the consecration going to take place? When is it going to take place? Well, Mary didn't just ask for the Pope and the bishops to do this. She also asked us to pick up our rosary and to change our lives. That's part of my requests, as she says in the plural. So I, it's so clear we need God. We're not getting out of this situation ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's going to take an act of God. Um, and uh, from the hierarchy, I believe, but we're at the, I feel we're at, we're at the Red Sea. Pharaoh's uh, coming with, at us with his chariots as you're talking about the arrest of that fine man, um, you know, um, and uh, totally unjust. I mean, people get the sense that, you know, persecutions are, are here in a soft way in the U.S. Hmm. It might get harder. Who knows? But uh, it's difficult to be a Catholic in a confused age and we've got to pray amen and and the rosary is i think you know they take everything away from you you still have your 10 fingers yeah it's funny you mentioned that because pray the rosary when the fbi uh had busted it or didn't bust his door down they they pounded on his door until he opened it he begged them to go easy but they didn't uh and uh he asked his wife to go get his sweatshirt and his rosary and as she turned to go get that they hauled him off to the car and uh because that was I mean, he, Mark is, I've known Mark since 2007. He's the real deal, and the rosary is a, is a vital part of his life. They pray it every day. And uh, it, is a, it is a key. It is a tool that Our Lady has given to us to fight these heresies. But a couple of things you said I want to t- chime in on from the last segment. Uh, one, these, these heretics these days, these modernists, they, they no longer go off and start their own church. They just stay in the, this one. Like, yeah. Go be like if you want to embrace yeah. all of these insane, heretical, morally evil, bad things that will destroy grace in your soul, and you'll end up in hell. Well, f- f- fine, go. There's plenty of plenty of churches, of denominations, flavors out there that will embrace all the insanity you desire. Why not just go to do those? And why stay here? They stay to corrupt the body. Then the other thing yeah. I would say is because I've been so caught up in my friend's situation. Uh, over the weekend that a lot of trolls have come out and uh, and it, I'm still kind of taken back by how proud people are to proclaim their atheism, their war against God, their hatred for all things good. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? I, I, even though I've been doing this for a long time and I should know better, I'm I feel like I just like a naive child sometimes when I discover these people and go, how do you live like this? Like, it just it seems yeah, so bizarre to me. They're catching us off guard, but, I mean, I don't know. So growing up in the 80s, suburbia, a life was kind of undramatic and boring, you know. We would kind of thump our way to uh, someone's front porch, sit on, the, sit on the stoop, and then thump our way to some other, you know, front porch. <laughs> I, I talk about this in that book. Mm-hmm. And then, but the thing is, is life is actually serious. And um, it has high stakes, but these heretics, what they don't want, it's kind of like wisdom, uh, chapter uh, two and three, when you talk about the evil thoughts, the thoughts of the evil, they do not want your witness to the truth. So they have to get rid of us. I think that's why they have to get rid of the church. Mm -hmm. They don't want in a plural, you know, they don't want a pluralistic 
yeah. uh, situation. That was nice for a little while. Right. And meanwhile, until they get the upper hand, uh, when they get the upper hand, then they're going to try to undermine the church. Any message of truth. Yeah they are going to try to undermine. Look what they've been doing to this uh, lady in Italy, uh, Giorgia Maloney. Now, I don't know anything yeah. about this lady, really. I, pff, I'm not involved in Italian politics. But uh, here's how she was described this morning. She is an anti-abortion, pro-traditional family, anti-Islamic ideology, against Christian persecution, and anti-gender ideology, as well as a fan of Tolkien. And she's what's not a, to like? What's not to, I mean, exactly. What's not to like? But she, I mean, memes were showing up with her, Hitler, and Mussolini as being equal. I mean, yep. she is considered far right. Now, I don't, it boggles the mind still to this day. Socialism, Nazi socialism, Nazi fascism are both not on the right. They are on the left of the scale. I don't understand. It just boggles my mind, but they do it every time. So they're reinventing truth and the facts to suit their political ideology. And it seems like they're playing for keeps. The heresies today feel like they're playing for keeps. Do you get that sense? Yes, yes, I do. I do. Like they, and, and that may also be panic. Uh, they, they are, um, they're terrified that game's over with them, their generation. <laughs> now, if I can prop them up a little bit with hope, <laughs> uh, you look around and you see a lot of young theologians, uh, a number of them, you know, many of them are, are great. They're inspired by, you know, kind of the renewal of uh, the Catholic faith mm -hmm. uh, that you had going for a good number of decades. But some of them are out to, you know, read Vatican II as the, you know, interruption of the dead past, you know, the, re, you know, the resuscitation of the, um, of the truth from you know this yeah from this dead past and certainly hermeneutic of radical discontinuity and they they are looking forward to Vatican five <laughs> yeah. yikes and, uh, that's as scary they, as they understand it right as they understand how it'll be with all the change of the faith and the synod way in Germany is an example of that kind of um, mm -hmm. thing but I think there's actually a lot of energy behind them I I, I look at our numbers and I say I don't I don't know what's going on with our numbers. That's why I say get back to the rosary and pray. Yeah. Get to know your faith. You know, I'm just thinking from the theological angle, but you know, for the, the person in the pew, mm. um, well, I will say that mass is a lot more reverent, I think generally than it, than it was say 15, um, let's say 20 years ago. I, I do well, think, I think, America, it, I think it differs. Uh, I think mileage can vary depending on location. Uh, for That's sure. That's true. That's true. But uh, but people do want to get back. I mean, this this Italy thing is an example of what are the political powers doing? I don't, we don't go too far into that. But what are the political powers doing to Europe mm -hmm. such that they're perpetuating this war um, and driving gas prices through the roof? Is this good for the middle class? Is this good for the hardworking person in Europe? Um, you know, and then they're they're saying they're. Uh, you know, uh, doing this because they they're against Russia. Meanwhile, they're you know striking deals with China. So right. I mean, I, uh, this doesn't uh, make it. It's not adding up. Now, do you think that the average lay Catholic should be uh, knowledgeable, well aware of these ancient heresies and their modern brothers or cousins? Yes. Yes, we. Here's the thing: we're fairly educated in America. Um, I'm not saying we, you know, 
the Europeans speak a lot of languages, but we we're not simply many of us are not simply you know just off the boat or just across the border. We've been here for you know a generation or two, and so we've <clears throat> you know we've covered our needs. We're able to feed our family. Well, that that may be you know <laughs> again the middle class is having a tough time, but let's say I'm able to do that and I've got spare time. Well, my intellect should be developed proportionately to my um, situation in life. So mm. I do think, you know, the Baltimore Catechism is fantastic. It gives you the, you know, the, the basic skeleton of the faith. We also do need kind of to read if we're, if we're able to. You listen to the radio station right now. Get a good book on, um, I'm talking about my book, some other book. Get a good book on, on the current heresies, on the, the Catholic faith that's a little bit higher level than you're used to. Mm. Read it, get informed, and then you know you can talk to your pastor about it. I think it's fantastic. That, you know, we do need to be informed. Uh, on the other hand, if you're wor- if you're a worry ward and you're getting panicked about the church going uh, to disappear, then you need to pray more. So I do think you know we got to ba- we got to do have to keep a balance. And God's in charge. <laughs> yeah. So, but. You know, one of the okay. points that I always tend to make uh, for lay folk is, uh, you know, it's a bit above my pay grade what comes out of the Vatican and who does what or says what. So I am, uh, I'm, I'm forced to focus on my particular state in life, my particular vocation, which means I have to live in a state of grace, get myself to heaven, and because I'm a husband and That's father, right. then I'm responsible for my wife and children, too. And beyond that is all cherry on top of the cake. So uh, I better focus on uh, on my vocation first. And then we can move on from there. But uh, I think most lay folk, uh, unfortunately, do not educate themselves. So it's a wonderful opportunity to maybe challenge yourself a little bit, pick up a book, do some reading, do some educating. And you might start with this book, False Mercy, Recent Heresies, Distorting Catholic Truth, which you can find at SophiaInstitute.com. Dr. Christopher Moy, thank you for your time today. God bless you, sir. Thank you. God bless. Have a great day. All right, that's going to do it for hour number one. If you can join us in the second hour, Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com is going to be our guest. We're going to have the game show, prizes at stake, and I'm going to take up that conversation in the after show with Brent Haynes on my friend Mark Houck and the FBI raid. God bless you. God love you. Hi, this is Father Stephen Imbarato. Join us in Boston for the next National Men's March to Abolish Abortion and Rally for Personhood on Saturday, October 15th. Men, we will gather outside the Planned Parenthood to begin the march, and then we're going to meet everyone else for a 2 p.m. rally outside of the State House, where I'll be speaking about constitutional personhood for the pre-born and where we need to go from here. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Again, details, mensmarch.com. Join us and spread the word. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question. Why is your Protestant Bible four ounces lighter than my Catholic Bible? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a faulty scale? Nope. Well, maybe it's just the weight of the paper or the cover or the binding or some introductory comments. We wish it were just that simple. No, it's the seven books that got dismissed by team Martin Luther. Secondly, audacity. Audacity allowed Luther and others to extract time-tested truths of Scripture and key letters from the canon. What? Yes. About 1,200 years after the Bible canon was fully established, they rejected seven Old Testament books. Not only that, Luther placed the New Testament books of James and Jude, Hebrews and Revelation in a category called, quote, the disputed books. And thirdly, a pesky comeback. If I were to write a deeply personal letter to my wife regarding our future descendants, don't be taking seven of my choice paragraphs out of that letter. Why? You might be robbing.
wondering those future descendants of a little bit of who Papa was. Now, don't you do that. Hi, this is Pam Stenzel. Come participate in the next National Men's March to Abolish Abortion and Rally for Personhood on Saturday, October 15th in Boston. Men gather outside of the Planned Parenthood on Commonwealth at 11.30 a.m. for the march, and then everyone else show up at the 2 p.m. rally outside of the Statehouse, where I'll be speaking about the need to value and protect every pre-born baby from fertilization. For more information, go to themensmarch.com and spread the word. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox, goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com. Hi, I'm Denise Majeski from Epiphany of the Lord and Katie. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. I don't know. What's your favorite heresy, Rudy? Out of all heresies, favorite what heresy. is like your, your your best? Best of the best. Absolute all-time favorite. Like favorite worst one or favorite like I actually like it? Uh whew. That's a deeper question. Uh, we don't know if we got time for that. We may have to be part of the after show. Like, I really like this Harris. I actually like mm. this one a lot. Yeah, I think I might good. participate in it. I'm so tempted. <laughs> I might excommunicate myself. Yeah, exactly. Let's not do that. Let's avoid that. Like the play. So, uh, okay. Well, the one you hate the most. How about that? Um, the separation between the body and the the soul. Yeah. Which like I, the Manichaeans, yeah, exactly. The Donatists, the Donatists, uh, yeah. And again, we're seeing that again with the transgender movement, yeah, where they think that it's just a ghost in the machine. They can I, change the body, no yeah. problem. God doesn't yeah. make mistakes, people. Come on. Yeah, you know, uh, as I've shared many, many times, Saint Ignatius of Antioch is one of my favorite early church fathers. I think he was such a pivotal role in my good be, name. By the my way, be giving myself over to the Catholic Church, Saint Ignatius. By the way, some scholars believe today's gospel. Is about uh, the the little child some in say. the midst. Some have said, some have speculated that it could be possible that that was Ignatius of Antioch. That would be so cool. It's pure speculation. <laughs> we have no idea. I choose but, to believe. Yeah, I choose. To yeah, believe. most uh, most of them don't even. They don't say speculate. They're like, yeah, it was him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, but cool. It's a big cool thought anyway. But uh, nonetheless, uh, you know, he when he was hammering the Donatists because. He was on his way to be eaten by lions in Rome uh, because he was all in. He wasn't. Uh, he wasn't a halfway kind of a guy, and uh, he was like, "Listen, they smell like Catholics, they act like Catholics, they dress like Catholics, they can even talk like Catholics, but they ain't Catholic. You ain't gonna find Catholicism there. <laughs> ain't gonna find. Ain't gonna happen. Joe so don't do it. <laughs> uh, and because the Donatists would give themselves a pass, they would worship Caesar as Satan. Uh, or as God, he was Satan, but as God, Freudian slip there. But as God, because they're like, what the body does doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's a little get out of jail free card to rationalize these types of things when we can't do that. We have to stand our ground on truth itself and let the consequences be what they are. Kind of like Martin Luther. Huh? Kind of like Mark Hopp. Uh Standing up. All right. Praise be to God. Adrian, you have a favorite uh, heresy of yours? 
Uh, favorite heresy, if we mean favorite as in the worst or favorite as in my least here, favorite. Here we go again. Uh, I know, I know. Deep, it's, profound it's, questions. These, sounds, these like hard a, sounds like you too are tempted by a particular heresy. Sounds like something a heretic would say. Like, do you want to. Or tempted to a specific heresy. That would also be a good question. Yeah. But, uh, no, I think one of my favorite heresies is, uh, Eutychianism, okay. created by Eutyches. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also known as um, the monophysite heresy. Okay. And the reason why it's my favorite, and I'll just tell you what it is real quick, it's the idea that Christ was a blend between God and man. Like yeah. He was, wasn't 100% God, 100% mm. man. He was like, hey, this like demigod-esque mm. kind of thing. He was like he a was pumpkin a, spice unique. latte. Not quite, but he's a, he's, a, <laughs> he's a unique thing, unlike everything else. Got it. And that's the uh, monophysite heresy. The reason why I, I, it's my favorite is because I was in uh, in my Christology class, or no, in my um, teachings class, there was uh, we had a, a game where one person had to take up the... Uh, heretical position Mm -hmm. and the other person had to take up the uh, orthodox position and they had to debate Mm -hmm. and i was chosen to defend the monophysite heresy were you and so you were uh, chosen to do that and so i was like who should we get to be the heretic adrian Adrian. exactly (laughs) and so i defended the monophysite heresy and convinced the class of monophysitism so then our teacher had to go up and tell (laughs) explain why it was wrong It sounds like a so, soda pop or something. What a legacy you yeah. have. So otherwise, uh, I would choose Albigensianism just because I like the history of it, of the Dominican order, ah. crushing the Albigensians. Yeah. Fond memories. There you go. So in the, uh, in the reunion class of uh, 20, 30, whatever it is, you're going to be like, remember the good old days when Adrian told us about uh, heresies? And we all believed them. <laughs> we all left the church. Yeah. Thanks, Adrian. That's what happens uh, whenever you don't have a good debating partner. <laughs> yeah. It just goes to show it. you that just because someone wins a debate doesn't mm-hmm. mean mm-hmm. that they're right. Yeah. True story, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. All right, uh, praise be to God. Uh, joining us right now is our good friend Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com. Good morning to you, Tito. What is your favorite heresy of all time? I, I'm not sure, but I, what's the big trend now? Minimalism? So I, I guess I'll take the Protestants because they removed several books of the Bible, make yeah. it lighter, minimalist. Yeah. yeah. That kind of reminds me, over the weekend, David L. Gray, our good friend, uh, finally moved to Germany, and in his little tiny town, he did a walking tour of the churches. And he found a church there called St. Martin's, and he wasn't sure if it was Catholic. He seemed to think it was Catholic, and he walks in, and it's just like a bare walls, oh, like no. bare concrete walls. <laughs> and there's an altar there, which looks like your typical Novus Ordo altar. So he was still thinking, this is probably Catholic. Not an icon, not a picture, not a statue. He ended up finding somebody and asked them, and they're like, oh, no, it's been Protestant since 1570-something, you know, and he's like, oh, well, that explains some things, doesn't it? You know, so, yeah, how how tragic to see them throw the baby out with the bathwater, huh? Yeah, they painted over the walls, they, they pulled out all the statues, and they got rid of all the sacramentals. That's pretty sad. Yeah. But, whoa, wait. That's the mass down the street. Oh, hold up. Easy going. All right. Let's talk about BigPulpit.com. There's a couple of stories over there. Of course, the Cardinal Zen thing is uh, is picking up pace. Uh, he was uh, finally going to trial. Tell us about that. He was going to go to trial. And uh, because of this strict uh, zero COVID uh, policy that the communists have, 
somebody looked like they had COVID, and so they, they're delaying the trial because everybody has to remain in quarantine. So right now, he, it's a waiting game for him. Uh, <clears throat> but the, the big issue is, is there's silence coming out of the Vatican. They are uh, practicing the politics <laughs> called Ostpolitik where they uh, remain silent on tough issues uh, and engage in areas where they can negotiate. And right now that area is uh, letting the Chinese do whatever they want to the Catholic Church. Yeah, pretty so much. it's a very difficult time for Cardinal Zen right now because there is no support. Yeah. Well, uh, I think an Italian bishop came out uh, and defending him and, and, re and, and uh, giving him condolences. But other than that, people are clamming, clamoring for Pope Francis, anyone out of the Vatican to come out to his defense. Yeah, exactly. But let me let me play. Let me give them the benefit of the doubt just for a sec. Just to get your response. Do you think it's possible? Because I remember reading George Weigel's "The End and the Beginning," which really details some of the background stuff, the behind-the-scenes stuff that was going on when JP two was Pope, dealing with the communists in Poland and in the Soviet Union. And he had his official Ostpolitik thing going on with the official cardinal ambassador. And then he had his own, his own operation run right out of his own office. And the two, they didn't coordinate. One was doing one thing and another was doing another. Do you think it might be possible that Pope Francis is doing something similar officially in the news and the headlines? He's just remaining quiet and doing the Vatican-China uh, deal, which everybody's upset about, including Cardinal Zen. And in the background, he's trying to do some secret angling, politicking to help the cardinal. Is that even possible? Have you heard such things? Yes, that 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 is possible, and that probably is what most likely is is occurring. Uh, back when John Paul Saint John Paul II was Pope, we didn't have TikTok and Instagram where people were giving out their instant opinions and and hammering John Paul II on doing something with the East Europeans and and so and uh, Russians. So uh, right now, everything is magnified by the tenth degree. Uh, and so, yes, there's something going on. Considering one thing we can glean off of this, Cardinal Zen is complaining, so that means he's not doing anything behind the scenes unless he's also participating in the Ost politic by playing his role of, uh, of, of, uh, being left behind and he's actually maintaining a, a secret underground church that is currently sending in missionaries and bishops and priests all over china and, and this is not uncommon when cardinal sin that's how you say it, cardinal sin of the philippines was the archbishop of manila he had an entire secret seminary of chinese filipinos training mm -hmm. to go into china to to catechize and to, and to uh, spread the word of God into China. So there's something going on in, in there. And uh, now that Hong Kong is under the warm mothering wing of Mother China, I'm sure all uh, there's a lot of activity going on underground. So yeah, so it's it. it I, I would cite on that. Yeah, but, but I also want to say it mm -hmm. is as frustrating as heck. Yeah, <laughs> seeing sure. poor Cardinal Zen's twist in the wind. Now, I, I would like to believe that they're doing something on the down low. I, I somehow doubt that they are, though, my personal opinion, based on some of the factors here. But 
I would love to see that that is the true case. Uh, I did like to see this article that you have posted over at BigPulpit.com. Italian Cardinal comes out in defense of Cardinal Joseph and Archbishop Emeritus of Hong Kong. So there are a few uh, a few of these prelates around the world who are supporting him uh, verbally and publicly. Yes, th- th- there are. And, and, I'm, I'm, and that's the only ones that we know about that is being reported in the media. <clears throat> And uh, and and it, right now, that's that's all I can find. Not even in the uh, rad trad community can I find anything positive mm. uh, uh, regarding uh, any underground activity in, in the uh, in China. And and uh, that's probably is a misnomer. But there's hardly anything positive coming out of the rad trad community to begin with. <laughs> Let's talk about Monsignor Charles Pope, uh, the decaying West. You know, um, this morning I was talking about my friend Mark Halk and their situation. I kind of started the segment off by looking at the crime going on in, in Philadelphia over the weekend. In fact, there was this video that populated around town uh, of a, a mob of hundreds of people ransacking a grocery store. There were several stories of shootings. I mean, one, like a, an assassination, essentially an assassination in Philadelphia over the weekend on, on video, it's horrible. Don't recommend you watch that stuff. But golly gee whiz, it doesn't take a genius to look around and see how much society really is decaying. What was Monsignor Charles Pope saying? He was saying that uh, <laughs> the decay of the West is like the suffocation of the body. Uh, th- things are not functioning properly. So we're seeing <clears throat> the police not intervening in these uh, attacks on the public businesses or uh, the public in the public where the businesses are we're also seeing uh, certain organs not functioning anymore where the judicial system judicial system is not prosecuting uh lower tier crimes so yeah monsignor pope is right on i, I think it's a mishmash of of none of of the decay of the west and uh little sprinkles here and there of mm-hmm. uh, revitalization of the faith but uh, we are definitely on a downward trajectory in the West here, Western Europe, North America, South America. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and it not, and this is not painting a pretty picture. The, the, the entire world is, is already there. We're, we're just catching up with them. And that's not something we want to be proud of or saying about that. And I want to uh, side interject here. I, I did not mean uh <laughs> that there's nothing positive outside of the rad trad community because uh they're the ones that do all the hard journalism that uh the mainstream catholic media did not do and exposed a lot of the un- the dirty underbelly of the of the church back yeah. in the 80s and 90s so there is a role in the or the summer of 2018 work. yeah uh for sure and that's part of the problem we're having in the church today is we see this, this, this decay in society, and then we see the, the scandals that continue to rock the church, financial, sexual, or just the lack of speaking the truth in a timely way. And uh, confusion sets in, and that's one of the things we talked about with Dr. Christopher Malloy last hour, is just the, the lack of clarity and, uh, and how lay folk are having to, to uh, study the Catechism of the Council of Trent, because golly gee whiz, they're trying to figure out if they're being lied to, manipulated, or led astray, and uh, and they can't. They have to be careful who they trust. That's part of the scandal in the church today, I would say. So, what was Monsignor? You got about thirty seconds here. What was Monsignor Charles Pope's uh, remedy for all of this? 
we need to study our faith, like you've mentioned earlier in earlier segments, like Rudy and Adrian have been mentioning in the past. We need to practice our faith. We need to be saints. And if need be, we need to be martyrs. Amen. White martyrdom and, yeah. and, 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 and it's coming soon, red martyrdom. Coming. And we yeah. will be the seeds of the, of the springtime. All right. Tito Edwards, BigPulpit.com. God bless you, brother. Thanks for being on with us. We'll see you next week. Check him out online at BigPulpit.com. All right, we're going to go to a break. Coming up, we're going to play our game show, Fear and Trembling, and you can win prizes. Go to 877-757-9424. Call it right now. Pick up the phone and dial 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Call right now. Game show's coming up next. In 1 Timothy, it says that Jesus is our sole mediator, yet we pray to Mary and the saints. Is that going against the Bible? 1 Timothy 2 verse 5 says, There is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. By praying to the saints, we're accused of going against the Bible because it seems we are making the saints mediators between God and man, not just Jesus. In the Old Testament, we see that Moses, Abraham, and Job interceded on behalf of others. That's mediating between God and man. Plus, we know that it is okay to ask others here on earth to pray and intercede for us. That's mediating between God and man. So once again, we have a situation where a passage of the Bible is being misinterpreted and misunderstood. There is only one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. But as members of the body of Christ, he allows us to share in his mediation. Scripture says that we have only one foundation, Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 3.11. But Scripture says that there is more than one foundation, Ephesians 2.19 and 20. Scripture says that we have only one Lord. Lord, Jesus Christ, Ephesians 4, verses 4 and 5. But Scripture says there is more than one Lord, Revelations 19, 16. Scripture says that we have only one judge, Jesus Christ, James 4, verse 12. But Scripture tells us there is more than one judge, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 2. Contradictions in Scripture? No, not when these passages are read in context. Jesus is the only foundation, Jesus is the only Lord, and Jesus is the only judge. But we are members of Jesus' body. Therefore, we are able, according to the graces given by Christ, to share in Jesus' role as foundation, as Lord and as judge, and in other aspects of Christ as well. Another example, as a father, I share in God's role as the Father by His grace. And so also the saints in heaven can and do share in Christ's role as mediator. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. A Catholic trivia game show with secrets and agendas. And we're waiting for that call to come through to be our contestant. First caller gets to play the game at 877-757-9424. Call right now. 877-757-9424. If you've never played, it's fun, I promise. 877-757-9424. If it's been a while, you can always call back. 877 757 
877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Call right now. First caller gets to play the game. But there are a few things we like to do here on the back end, the down low, on the uh, on the on the quiet tip. However, well, I got to come up with some more phrases there. But nonetheless, <laughs> uh, we like to teach the faith. All right? So we look for teachable moments in the questions. And you're going to learn something, praise be to God. And there's at least one question today where you're going to learn something. All right? I'm guaranteeing you're going to learn on at least one of these questions today. Number two, we like to have a laugh. We like to have a good time. Our callers are actually amazing. We appreciate that most. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which means we incentivize you because you can learn something, you can have a good time, and you may win something. And that uh, phone number, again, is 877-757-9424. Call right now to be our caller contestant at 877-757-9424. But I know what you're thinking, all right? I can read your mind. Oh, yeah. Uh, unlike St. Padre Pio, uh, I'm making it up as I go. But nonetheless, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Joe, what if I get it wrong? I'll be embarrassed. I don't want to be embarrassed on, on radio. Don't worry about it, all right? Because you don't even need to know the answers. I'm not even going to ask you the questions, all right? So you cannot know a single correct answer, but you could still win the game because instead of asking you when you call 877-757-9424, I'm going to ask Rudy. I'm going to ask Adrian. One of them is going to give us a correct answer. The other is going to give us an incorrect answer. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whoopst, do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And then uh, every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Joe, I have some bad news. Yeah. There's only one more coffee cup of divine providence replica left. Really? And the winner this week mm-hmm. is going to get the last version one of the coffee cup of divine providence replica before it's transfigured into something different. I don't know. Some sort of a, a cloud will come out. Wow. It will it'll transcend. What the will cup. they hear? Something like that. Okay. Okay. Well, can you repeat that? one? That's exactly it. All right. So you're going to win the coffee cup of divine providence. Mm-hmm. You're going to win some other goodies put together by us, the oh, CTT really? team. And we're going to make sure to autograph the coffee cup of divine providence for you. And I guarantee now, don't hold me. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't don't go to your lawyer about it. But don't don't go to the I lawyer. I guarantee. I know that your coffee uh-huh. is going to taste seventy percent better. Seventy percent better. At least. So if you're talking, if you're drinking the worst swill in the world. Uh-huh. It's the worst. It's going to be palatable. Pal- okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we should sweeten the pot. How about we also give out a copy of Doctor Malloy's book? That's a great idea. Yeah. So Let's do it. So we're going to do the coffee cup of divine providence autographed. All right. Okay. It's not the original. It isn't a replica. But it's the last replica. Uh, autographed by the team. Uh, and we'll also include a copy of Dr. Malloy's book. False mercies. Yeah. Sounds great. Good. Yeah. All right. So that's the prize pack this week. Uh, very, very uh, cool. So thank you very much. Uh, and we're looking forward to giving that. So if you want your chance to, to win, you're going to have to uh, step it up this week. You'll have more chances all week long. But let's go to the phones. Praise be to God. Uh, good morning to you, Banks. Good morning. Praise be to God. Is that your is that your actual name or is this code word? God bless. It is. Uh-huh. My brother is named Rio, and I am the banks of the river. Oh, all right. Praise oh, be to God. interesting. <laughs> where where are you calling from? <laughs> it's a family, a Texan name that goes back to the Rio Grande. 
Oh, that's pretty cool. That's cool. I like that. Now, where, where Grande. So, are you calling from the Rio Grande area? No, I'm on the Colorado River now. You know, what and West Central Texas, Coleman County. Praise be to God. Well, we're glad you're here. Uh, are you yeah, familiar you. with the show and the game and how it all works? I am not, I'm afraid. Well, let me let me explain it to you real quick. It's fairly easy, and it's a good time, but I have three Catholic trivia questions. I will not ask you, Banks. I, instead, I will ask Rudy. I will ask Adrian. One of them will give you a correct answer. The other will give you an incorrect answer. You, sir, will have 15 seconds then to make a decision. Whom do you trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And then if you get that part right, well, then you go into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Sounds Sounds like a good time, doesn't it? It sure does. Well, let's play. We're going to start yes, with Rudy sir. first. We're going to go with Rudy first, which is, by the way, wearing a brand new tie. I've never seen this tie before. <laughs> uh, it is a white. You should be aware of this because there is a correlation between his rightness and his wrongness and his ties. Silver mm-hmm. bands. Uh, silver bands. Silver with bands. Silver bands with uh-huh. green emerald polka dots. All right. Well, sounds funny to me. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Rudy, can you tell me? Yes. Who is the patron saint of comedians? Patron saint of comedians. Oh, sorry. Yes, real uh, answer. That's Saint Jay Coke. Is that right? Yes, Saint Jay Coke. Yeah, he was, a, he was a jester. Yeah. He's a jester, isn't he? <laughs> uh, I understand he loves beard jokes in particular. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, hmm, it's possible. Saint Saint Coke. Pray for us. Uh, let's see what Adrian has to say. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. Uh, could you tell me? You're a pretty funny guy. I've been told I'm funny looking. Mm-hmm. Funny how? <laughs> yeah, funny how. <laughs> Who is the patron saint of comedians, sir? Well, I was going to say my dad because, you know, he, he always got a crack in those jokes. Does he crack jokes? But, the, uh, you know, he says something like, uh, oh, Adrian, you have a face for radio. <laughs> I was like, oh, good one, Dad. But he's like, no, I'm serious. No, no, no really. No. Seriously. No, that would be St. Vitus or St. Vitus. St. Vitus, you say. Mm-hmm. St. Vitus mm-hmm. or St. Vitus. Hmm. You got options here. Uh, Mr. Banks uh, from Colm County, Texas. Is uh, the patron saint of comedians St. Vitus or Vitus, as Adrian is suggesting, or St. Coke, as Rudy is trying to get us to believe? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Who's funny? Banks in Colm County, Texas, what say you? I must say St. Vitus like St. Vitus dance. <laughs> That's so exactly wise. right. It's, I was looking it up trying to figure out why he was made to say the comedians in like the St. Vitus dance. Yeah. Praise Not enough time to explain it. But Praise be to God. Go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, you, you go. know, the first time I Thank got, you. you know, the first time I got a universal remote control, I thought to myself, this changes everything. True, true story. True story. <laughs> and you did the St. Vitus dance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're in for one. Let's see if we can't double your chances. Double your chances with the next question. Dad jokes are the best. I don't care what anybody says. All right. Uh, going to Adrian this time. Adrian, can you tell me? What, yes, sir. What is the term for the quality possessed by the church which guarantees it will last until the end of time? Yes, that would be indefectibility. Really? Mm-hmm. Indefect. That's like a $10 word. Will not defect. Indefectibility. Mm-hmm. That's, that's your final answer. That's my final answer. Okay. All right. 
Uh, Rudy, maybe you can help us. Uh, could you tell me, what is the term for the quality possessed by the church which guarantees that it will last until the end of time? Yes, this was decided in uh, the First Vatican Council, and really? uh, it was sourced heavily by Aquinas. They okay. call it strongman ability. S- strongman ability? Yes. That's one word. One word. Strongman ability. Strongman ability. Strongman ability. Yep. Strongman ability. Yep. Strong ability. That's exactly it. Okay. Got it. All right. All right, Banks, uh, you got opportunity here. Uh, Rudy says it's strongman ability. Adrian says it's indefectibility. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? What say you, sir? I'm going to go with that first fella, indefectibility. That's my name. Don't wear it out. That first fella is his new name from here on out. Praise be to God. The first fella of all fellas. Adrian Fonseca. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's if okay. I get married to the uh, first woman president, would that, mm. would that be my title? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> all right. So indefectibility was the correct answer. Got to hurry now. The last question. See if we can't get a perfect score. Congratulations. You're doing great, Banks. Uh, third question. Back to Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me, can women be members of a confraternity? Women. Can't live with him. Can't live without him. But yes, they can. <laughs> uh, you're going to go with yes. Yes. All right. Adrian, I'm really curious what you're going to say here. Yeah, me too. Can women become members of a confraternity? Absolutely not. Really? No. Women cannot have be participants in anything in the church whatsoever. What? They can Nothing. be nuns. Oh. And that's it. I, <sighs> wow. How generous. All right, Banks in uh, Colm County, Texas. Can women become a member of confraternity? Adrian says no. And uh, Rudy says yes. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? What say you? I'm going to say they can't be in Knights of Columbus, but yes. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, some confraternities are for just men and just women, but there are confraternities for both. Yeah, praise be to God. So, perfect score, Banks. Perfect score. You didn't swing on a single curveball. You did great. You had fun, and uh, we had a great laugh with you, sir. God bless you. Thank you for your time today. Thank you very much. That was fun. All right, Banks. Call back another time, but we're going to put you on hold so we get your information. In case it be God's holy will that you should win, you'll have to tune in Friday. Uh, my friends, if you would like a chance to win the prize pack this week, be sure to call in tomorrow. Or uh, pick one of these days, but you can call in early. The phone number is on our website. If you want to hang out with us in the after show, we're going to get back into that conversation about Mark Houck and the FBI raid of a pro-life Catholic, which just gets my blood boiling. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. 
Today we celebrate the memorial of Saints Cosmas and Damien. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio Media. Praise my soul, the King of Heaven, to his feet thy tribute bring. Ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven, evermore his praises sing. Alleluia, alleluia, praise the everlasting King. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. May you be magnified, O Lord, by the revered memory of your saints, Cosmas and Damien. For with providence beyond words, you have conferred on them everlasting glory, and on us your unfailing help. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the book of Job. One day when the angel of God came to present themselves before the Lord, Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, Whence do you come? Then Satan answered, the Lord and said from roaming the earth and patrolling it and the Lord said to Satan have you noticed my servant Job and the Lord and then there was and then there was no one on earth like him blameless and upright fearing God and avoiding evil but Satan answered the Lord and said it is for nothing that Job is God fearing have you not surrounded him with his family and all that he has with your protection you have blessed the work of his hands and his livestock are spread over the land but now put forth your hand and touch anything that he has and surely he will blaspheme you and your to your face and the Lord said to Satan behold all that he has is in your power 
only do not lay a hand upon his person. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And so one day while this, his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in the house of their eldest brother, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses grazing beside them, and the Sabines carried them off in a raid. They put their herdsmen to the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, another came and said, Lightning has fallen from heaven, and struck the sheep and their shepherds, and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three columns, and seized the camels, and carried them off, and put them, tending them to the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, another came and said, your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the house of their eldest brother, when suddenly a great wind came across the desert and smote the four corners of the house. It fell upon the young people, and they were dead, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job began to, to tear, his cloak, tear his cloak and cut off his hair. He cast himself prostrate upon the ground and said, Naked I came forth from my mother's womb, and naked shall I go back again. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this Job did not sin, nor did he say anything disrespectful to God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Responsorial Psalm Incline your ear to me, and hear my word. Incline your ear to me, and hear my word. Hear, O Lord, a just suit, attend to my outcry, hearken to my prayer, from lips without deceit. Incline your ear to me, and hear my word. From you let my judgment come, your eyes behold what is right. Though you test my heart, searching it in the night, though you try me with fire, you shall find no malice in me. Incline your ear to me, and hear my word. I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me, hear my word. Show your wondrous mercies, O Savior of those who flee from their foes to refuge at your right hand. Incline your ear to me, and hear my word. Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. The Son of Man came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. An argument arose among the disciples about which of them was the greatest. Jesus realized the intention of their hearts and took a child and placed it by his side and said to them, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. 
for the one who is least among all of you is the one who is the greatest. Then John said in reply, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him, because he does not follow in our company. Jesus said to him, Do not prevent him, for whoever is not against you is for you. The Gospel of the Lord. Today we are starting to read from the book of Job, and in today's reading we kind of hear the situation facing Job, namely, Job is a very innocent and righteous and God-fearing man who has everything going for him in life. And today's reading we start to see how one by one all of the good things in Job's life are taken away from him and he is encountering a kind of unimaginable suffering as everything goes wrong all at once. And the premise being that once Job's material possessions and the good things in his life are stripped of him one by one, that surely at that point he will turn on God and begin to curse and to be against God. Really the book of Job present, presents to us the question of the just man or the innocent person suffering. And how is it possible that a just God permits the innocent to be able to suffer? Well, throughout this week, we will begin to hear what the answer is as it emerges from the book of Job. But for now, we can also point out that at the time that the book of Job was written, likely somewhere between 400 to 600 BC, the conventional thinking at the time was a sort of prosperity relationship with God. Namely, if you were doing things right, then you could expect to be prosperous. And if you sin, then you could expect that things in your wife, life would be going haywire. I suppose that in today's terms, we can sometimes think of that as what some evangelical churches think of as the prosperity gospel. That if you're doing things right, God will materially bless you abundantly. Well, the book of Job, of course, is going to debunk that. And what we're going to realize as we go through that Job is going to be prefiguring Jesus. Because Jesus is, of course, the perfectly innocent God-man who is going to suffer in unimaginable ways on our account in order to redeem us from our sins. In today's Gospel, we hear Jesus drawing a little child to himself and pointing out that really it's in the characteristics of a child that one can find the greatest attributes in the kingdom of heaven. The context of today's gospel is that Jesus has just revealed that he is going to have to suffer greatly and die for the sake of man. And the disciples, right after hearing that, begin to emerge in a discussion about which of them is the greatest and how can they kind of be ambitious in climbing the ladder of success in the eyes of God. And so, in the light of this, Jesus brings forth a child and says, whoever wants to be greatest must be the least. So what are a few of the attributes of a little child that Jesus is pointing to? I think there's three things this morning that I'd like to point out. The first one is that little children have an amazing propensity and capacity to remain in the present moment. They don't think too far ahead. They don't think too much about the past. They live the present moment as it is, as a kind of gift which is there for them. The second part about little children typically is that in 
their families, little children are constantly looking to please their parents. They want their parents' approval. They would like to please them in what they are doing. And thirdly, we can say little children trust their parents immensely. They look to their parents with confidence and they seek their parents out when they are away from them, even for a moment, to be able to receive a reassuring look to know that they are there. Kind of reminds me a couple of years ago when my five-year-old nephew was going for his hockey tryouts. He didn't really know actually that much about the game. He didn't actually know what a tryout was, that he was kind of going to be competing with other kids on the ice. The only thing he was told was to go out there and skate as hard as he could. And that he did, and as he was going around, he would keep on looking for his mother in the crowd to make sure that she was pleased with the effort he was putting in, that she was noticing what he was doing, and to be reassured that she was, in fact, present there to him as he was doing this thing. It had nothing to do, though, with ambition or beating anybody else out. In many ways, those are kind of the characteristics that we want to have in our relationship with God. We're not trying to outdo or be better than the person who is beside us. We're not even trying to compare ourselves with the person who is beside us or anyone else around us. Rather, we're trying to live the present moment as a gift from God that has been given to us, to live it in His grace, to live it as well as we can. We're trying to please our Heavenly Father with everything that we do in life so that we may be doing His will. And in times of challenge, in times of difficulty, we give a reassuring look to our Heavenly Father. We call God to our mind to be conscious of His presence in our life, to know that He is present and that we can trust Him with absolutely everything in our life. In many ways, when we think of the suffering of Job and eventually the suffering of Jesus, suffering kind of brings these qualities to the forefront. You know, when you suffer, you're typically stuck in the present moment. When you're really in anguish, it's difficult to look ahead to other things. It's difficult to look back. You're caught in the present moment. Secondly, when you suffer, in particular in the context of Christian suffering, it's a mystery to us. The only thing we can do is look to our Heavenly Father to trust Him, to know that He is there, and to strive to please Him by uniting our suffering with that one sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And so, my brothers and sisters, as we go forward today, let us ask God for the grace that we would always strive to have these childlike qualities of living the present moment as a gift given to us by our Heavenly Father, that we would strive to do our Heavenly Father's will in order to please Him in all things, and that we would always trust that God is always with us that we can look to him for confidence, for security, and to know that he strengthens us in the present moment to live his will. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for his physical and spiritual needs. We pray to the Lord. We pray for all bishops and government leaders that they would be inspired by the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. We pray to the Lord. We pray for the sick and the suffering. They would be given consolation in their faith and the courage and perseverance to unite their sufferings with Christ on the cross. We pray to the Lord. 
We pray for our family, friends, and benefactors, for all those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio Media, for those who have asked for our prayers, and for those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association. We pray to the Lord. And for those intentions that we hold in our heart, we pray to the Lord. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and the glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. In honor of the precious death of your just ones, O Lord, we come to offer that sacrifice from which all martyrdom draws its origins, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you, and with your spirit. Lift up your hearts, we lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For you are glorified when your saints are praised. Their very sufferings are but wonders of your mind. In your mercy you give ardor to their faith, to their endurance you grant firm resolve, and in their struggle the victory is yours through Christ our Lord. Therefore, all creatures of heaven and earth sing a new song in adoration, and we with all the hosts of angels cry out, and without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, plenis uncelli et terra, gloria tua, Hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, 
so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Precepti salutaribus moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus indicere, pater noster, quias in celis, sanctifice tuur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, Sicud in celo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum, da nobis hodie, et imite nobis debita nostra, sicud et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, 
and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, cui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, cui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, cui tolis peccata mundi, Dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess him, King of glory now. Tis the Father's pleasure, we should call him Lord, who from the beginning was the mighty word. Let us pray. Preserve in us your gift, O Lord, and may what we have received at your hands as we commemorate the martyrs, Saints Cosmas and Damien, bring us healing, salvation, and peace through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace. Sing of Mary, pure and lowly, Virgin Mother undefiled. Sing of God's own Son, most holy, Who became her little child. Fairest child of fairest mother, 
God the Lord who came to earth, Word made flesh, our very brother, takes our name. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Transmitting the treasures of our Catholic faith to your radio every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, I'm Dr. Katie Toe from San Faustina. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHA Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.